I hope everybody had enjoyed your extra hour. You know, it doesn't matter whether you had an extra hour or not. We all arrive about the same, it seems like. Uh, I, and I don't know. You always think if we lose an hour, we'd have people showing up late. But we didn't have anybody show up at 9 o'clock this morning. So I, I don't know. I don't know how that, I didn't show up at 9. I knew, what, I knew what was happening. So I guess we're on it. Uh, let, me, let me tell you what the topic is this morning. Let it, let it sink in. We're going to talk about money. Aren't you excited about that? Really, the, honestly, the scriptures have a lot to say about wealth. The scriptures have a lot to say about money. Jesus said a lot of things about money. And throughout the New Testament, even the Old Testament, and especially since we're in Ecclesiastes, we're going to talk about uh, money from a biblical perspective or from a wise man Solomon's perspective. Um, let me ask you this question, and I, I think I would, I would, I would be, uh, I guess, surprised if we had a, a real difference in answer with this. I think we'd all be on the same page. But the question is this, can you find true satisfaction and meaning in life through wealth? Can you find true satisfaction and meaning in life through your wealth, through riches? And I see heads shaking. And I, I, I believe that's even the world's conclusion. I don't know if, you, if you're a music lover, I, I've always enjoyed music all my life. It, it was in 1973. I was 13 years old. The OJs had a song that, that it was, every once in a while I'll bring this up because different songs come to mind with, with some of the teaching in Scripture. And, and the O.J. song, uh, For the Love of Money, came to my mind. Money, 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 money. I mean, that came in. And so I had to go look up some of the, 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 the words in that song. And here's, here's kind of the message in the song. For the love of money, people steal from their mother. For the love of money, people will rob their own brother. For the love of money, people can't even walk the street. People will lie, Lord, they will cheat. For the love of money, people don't care who they hurt or beat. For the love of money, a woman will sell her precious body. For a small piece of paper, it carries a lot of weight. So definitely, if we think about from, from a world or even music, it's been negative. I, even, I had to think, okay, well, that was from 1973. I wonder what songs about music, about, uh, about money kind of reflects today. So I looked, asked about money and, and music today, and, and, and two artists have songs. One is 50 Cent, and the other is Cardi B. And so I cannot read you their lyrics. For one, there's some things I don't understand in their lyrics, and the other thing is pretty vulgar. But I think the sentiment is the same. It, it, it's it, it, possibly even a reflected of a of kind of a a, a rob steal and 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 get ahead of everybody else and and so greed is evident and and other things so uh, from a world's perspective if we were to talk about it I think the world is even going to reflect and say man money, money is just evil that love of money is just evil. Solomon, in his wisdom, addresses that very question I ask. You know, hey, hey, hey does it bring true satisfaction? Does, does wealth bring meaning to life? Remember, that was one of Solomon's, and matter of fact, he's already addressed it, but let's read. Now, now I'll tell you, I, I, I looked over chapter 5 and chapter 6 in preparation for this. I could not, you know, unload that whole thing for you, 
But I, I really believe that within the nucleus of this, chapter 5, beginning verse 16 through 20, we're going to unveil a lot of what's in the contents of those two chapters. And again, the subject, the topic is, is money. And listen how he begins in verse 16. This too is a grievous evil. Now, this really reflects where he's been, what he's been talking about. And so we'll, we'll unfold that a little bit. But, but again, the, the very subject of what he says is a grievous evil is money. This too is a grievous evil. As everyone comes, so they depart. And what do they gain? Since they toil for the wind. All their days they eat in darkness with great frustration, affliction, and anger. This is what I have observed to be good. That it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given them. For this is their lot. Uh, why should I look up? Oh, there it is. Uh, moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their, in their toil, this is a gift of God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. Man, there's, there's a few things to unfold in this. From, and, and it's coming, again, Solomon and, and the wisdom that he is using to examine these things, I, I think is real beneficial for us to look at today. Solomon's key thought is the key thought throughout all of Ecclesiastes. Man, everything's meaningless. So when we ask, you know, is, is the pursuit of, of wealth, is, is, is that bring meaning to life? Absolutely not. Uh, his great conclusion is this. The pursuit of wealth is meaningless. Now, again, that word meaningless actually is, is we could look at it. We probably have a better, better understanding of what he means by that word. It's like grabbing uh, smoke, getting a hold of the wind, or, 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 or getting a hold of vapor. You can't do it. You can't put your hands on it. So it's, it's meaningless. You can't grasp it. Uh, we're going to look at this. Uh, take, take a wise look at wealth this morning. The first, first thing especially he expresses here is the love of wealth and prosperity is evil. The, the, the love, of, uh, love for or the love of wealth is, is, um, and that pursuit is evil. Uh, he says in verse 16, it's a grievous evil. It's, it's, it's a sickness, he says. Uh, and, and, and again, let me, if we go to the OJs and say, okay, well, what does that mean? It's, it's an evil. Well, okay, rob mom, rob, rob brother, and, and you know, people sell their bodies for, for money. So therefore, it's evil. That's not the evil it's expressing here. I want us to understand exactly why he's calling it an evil. And it is because when someone decides in their life to make that their life's pursuit, their, their goal, and, and their life's ambition is, is to achieve riches, it, there, there's an evil in that. Why? Because at the end, guess what? You leave it all behind. What, have you, what exactly have you achieved in life? He said that's the grievous evil we would... We live our, and it really is a sad perspective. I'm going to spend my whole life, I'm going to have my perspective, I want to load up my bank account, I'm going to buy the kinds of things I want. And, and man, we always think that that looks good, 
But in the end, it says you end up the same as, as anyone else. I mean, Bill Gates and I have a lot in common. Or we have this in common. When we die, we, we take with us about the same thing. There's a big fat zero, right? <laughs> and, and, and for those that are poorer than us, those who are impoverished, uh, who, who have, find it difficult to, to, to have a, even a meal every day, we end up in the same place. What you bring into the world is exactly what you take out of the world, which is nothing, nothing. And, and Solomon is saying, man, that, that's, that's evil. That's a sickening evil. Okay, so in one part, it's, it's when you die. But also along the way, especially verse, uh, verse 17, it makes it clear. Even along the way, it is, it is not something that we, we really want to desire. It says, all their days they eat in darkness. Part of the reason for the darkness, they're blinded from really the things that's significant in life. If our focus and our attention is upon loading up our, our bank accounts, then we're blinded to what really is valuable in life. Our focus is on the almighty do dollar. And you know, man, we, we miss the things of family. We miss the things of what really matters in life. If our great focus is, is for the mighty dollar. Uh, also, he ends in verse 17, he says, with great frustration, affliction, and anger. That all comes, okay, as, as we're pursuing it, that's what the pursuit of wealth or money brings to us. Frustration, affliction, and anger. And I really believe if we were to begin at verse 8 up to verse 16, he lays that out. Here's all the difficulties. In verse 8 and 9, he talks about oppression. I want to read just a few parts of that. He says, if you see the poor oppressed in a district and justice and rights denied, do not be surprised at such things, for one official is eyed by a higher one. Did you hear that? And over them both are, are others higher still. Now, we're talking about those people who are in charge. Today we'd say it's the, the governing authorities or the politicians in our world. What he's looking at says, you know, there's difficulties in, in government. There's difficulties that come from government. There's those who, who are high in government that take advantage. I know that's going to surprise a lot of you, right? There, there, are, there are some politicians today that are taking advantage. What? They're making decisions based upon what is going to be good for them. They're making decisions what's going to be good for them. And, and, and so those in power become more powerful while they say they're re representing you all. And, and there comes more oppression. So, and, and that's not to, to throw mud or sling mud at politicians. It's just a truth I speak about. But here's what money does. Well, if you're given power, guess, guess what temptations come up? Greed. Uh, you know, uh, gaining more for yourself. Uh, and I, I do believe there's, there's some good politicians out there. I'm, I don't want to, I'm not slinging mud at politicians, okay? It really is the fact that that's what money, that's what that does. And he just absolutely identifies with that. Uh, another part of that frustration, that affliction, that anger comes from uh, verse 10, what he says in verse 10. Whoever loves money never has enough. Isn't that true? Whoever has it, it's never enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. Straight from, from what the scripture says. So when, you know, may, maybe you're doing okay and your boss comes along and says, hey, uh, we're going to give you a, a percentage increase this year. 
How often do people ever say, you know what, I'm living on enough, uh, forget it. I don't need that percentage increase. No. That, that, that does, really, I don't think that happens. I'm going to say I don't think that happens. I've never known it to happen, to turn it down, to turn out a bonus or anything else. No. Uh, matter of fact, every time it increases, what we're looking for, boy, I hope I get one next year, or I hope I get my bonus this year. Are we ever satisfied? I, I think that's what wealth does. Man, we just can't get enough. When love is our perspective, when love is what we pursue, then, then we're, we're wanting to see it increased. We're, one, we're wanting to see more. So we're always hungry, we're always thirsty, never satisfied. In verse 12, basically what he says in verse 12 is, is the more wealth you have, the more worries you have. Isn't that great? If I, the more stuff I have, the more wealth, the more, uh, the more things that I have, the more my worries. Here's how he says in verse 12. He says, the sleep of a laborer is sweet, whether they eat little or much. But as for the rich, their abundance permits them no sleep. No sleep. Why? Because of worry. Waking up in the middle of the night, he's, oh, what about? And, and am I going to be able to hold on to? And how do I get more? All those things. In verse 13, he says specifically, already we're kind of, we're, you're, you're beginning to see all the difficulties. Man, there's oppression because of money. Uh, there's there's a, a lack of satisfaction or, or that, that continued hunger and desire that, that continues to work in our lives. And then there's worry for what you do have. But in, in the beginning of verse 13, he says, I have seen a grievous evil under, under the sun. Number one, it's about hoarding. He says, wealth hoarded by, uh, wealth Hoarded to the harm of its owners. That's one of the evils he sees. A couple examples I, I thought about when I read that. First of all, you know a guy named Ebenezer Scrooge? He was a wealth hoarder. I mean, that was the storyline of the whole thing. Was he happy? Absolutely not. It, it was that absolute pursuit of holding on and, and keeping to himself. It wasn't about sharing with anybody else. It was about what is mine, and I'm going to hold on to it. It was, it was about hoarding. Jesus tells a parable, even better yet, a parable of a rich farmer. Man, he had a bumper crop, and he filled up his barns, and boy, he still had more, so he, he built other barns and filled it all up. And, and he even thought to himself, well, I'm going to eat, drink, and, and be merry because, you know, look at the abundance I have. And, and then that night, uh, the Lord said, your life, you know, your you're, you're a fool because your life is required of you. He dies. And then, then who gets the riches? He said the rich, the problem with that, the rich, his riches were to himself. But nothing was given to God, towards God. It, it, was, it was about that, it's mine. And, and, and there is this perspective, what we've been given in life. Oh, thank you, God. I praise you, God. How could I use what's been given not, not here, but out here. We'll see that even more so. Uh, Paul, in speaking to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6, 9 and 10. Matter of fact, I'm going to dive back here a couple of times. So if you have your scriptures, just kind of keep your finger on 1 Timothy 6. Because he, matter of fact, I, in, in there's some ways as I continue to read 1 Timothy 6, that, that Paul was very much familiar with Ecclesiastes. Uh, some of the things he says, listen to what he says in 9 and 10. Those who want to get rich 
fallen to temptation and a trap, and to many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. It's evil. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Again, it is the love of money. Not money itself. It is the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So, First of all, the first point he makes, the love of wealth and prosperity is evil. Uh, it, it, I mean, you could work for it all your life, and what does it gain you when you die? Nothing. You take nothing with you. But also, throughout life, it brings frustration, affliction, and anger. Second, second uh, point of wisdom that, that uh, the book of Ecclesiastes brings up is actually in that, how do you handle life then? Uh, Solomon comes along and he says, well, how do you handle life? Well, it is about contentment. Contentment. Contentment is found in the simple. This is kind of his conclusion. What, if, if it's not worth all the toil and pursuit and, and focus on gaining more, 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 then what is it? It is about having contentment in the simple things. Now, he says this all over, but here's what he says in 18. He says, this is what I have observed to be good. This is this is appropriate for the person. It is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life that God has given them. For this is their lot. So his great conclusion is instead of spending all your time and focus in gaining more, appreciate what you have. You know, the, the simple things of eating and drinking and, and finding that, that joy within you know, your toil. Yeah, in, in some ways, that's, that's kind of depressed. That's it? That's all? And I, I agree with that. But Ecclesiastes actually has this message throughout. It says it in chapter 2, says it again in chapter 3, uh, says it now even forward, chapter 8 and 9. It, it's a repeated message. I, again, you know, Solomon looks here, he says, hey, look at life. I examined everything uh, through wisdom, through riches, uh, uh, through relationships. You know, what, what brings meaning to life? Well, it's not riches. His conclusion always is, well, well, what can we do? Well, be content. Uh, you know, enjoy what you have to eat, what you have to drink, and, and whatever your toil is. That's how you live your life. It, it is the carpe diem, right? It, it is that seize the day. Seize the day. I, I don't, don't take your eyes off of what's most important, though. I, and I'm going to bring this up. I think it even becomes louder and brighter later. But I'm going to say there's a couple of things he says in here. He says every day that God gives you, you know, appreciate those days. Be content in what you're given every day. There is that sense within us that every day is a gift, is a treasure from God. I say that often, so it ought to be pounded into our It's definitely pounded in my head. I wake up in the morning, praise God, there's another day. But, but then he also says in, in verse 19, says, Moreover, when, when God gives someone wealth and possessions, where does wealth and possessions come from? Did you hear? I believe that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. I don't think Solomon's uh, missing the mark at all. When God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, bring those two together, this is a gift of God. To, to have, uh, you know, uh, wealth, to have possessions. 
And, and then on top of it, to be able to enjoy it. That means not, not worried about tomorrow and things, be able to enjoy, to say, well, oh, man, I'm so grateful for what I could eat, what I could drink, and, and for the toil that I have. I'm just grateful. I'm just content in that. It is a gift from God. So our hearts, again, are turned to him to say, God, we praise you for that. Again, I want to go back to Timothy. He's, because he says in 1 Timothy, the preceding two verses or three verses, in 6 through 8, here's what he said about godliness with contentment. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Here, here's some things that the, the writer of Ecclesiastes doesn't bring out. But I think there's something that the writer of, uh, that, that, that Paul and, and Timothy knew so much more than Solomon. Godliness with contentment is great gain. gain. For, for, we, uh, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. I believe that's our lives. I, as Sol- Solomon today would come and say, listen, what, what, should we per- what should we pursue? What is going to bring meaning, meaning to the life? He says, don't pursue riches. There's, there's no satisfaction in that. There is no meaning you're going to find in that. It, it, that is... That does not bring up a happy life, riches and wealth, the pursuit of, and a love for. Uh, Know that. It is about being content today, not waiting for everything to come together for tomorrow, right? Too many times we're thinking, well, I can't wait for that retirement. Maybe it's because I'm a little closer than than others, but I'm just waiting for that retirement. Got to load up that bank account so I can be able to live and do everything I want to do. You know, that's kind of the way... A lot of people live. They're living for that tomorrow. But instead, enjoying every single day. That's contentment. Verse 20 gives us a third wise look. And, and it's, let me read verse 20 before I, I give the statement. He says that they seldom, and talking about those that God has given riches and, and abundance to, he says, they seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. That, that sounds really positive, doesn't it? But I believe the wise look is this, that riches make you numb to the realities of life. Riches can make you numb to the realities of life. Wealth, wealth is like a narcotic. It, it dulls the senses and eases the pain of, of the harshness of life. Now we could sit and listen to the news we could sit and listen to the news of troubles everywhere else, but, but when we're sitting in our home and we have every, all, all the things supplied, it, it could bring us to a place of, well, that's trouble there, but I got everything good here. And I, I could sleep at night because I'm here and, and I'm comforted and I'm taken care of and I have to worry about there. I mean, there's people starving in the world. Uh, what, what are the worries that they miss? Because... Because those, we say, those who are wealthy, uh, we don't have to worry about starv- uh, starvation, nakedness. We don't have to worry about homelessness. Uh, uh, you know, and, and so that's the fortune of the rich people. How, how, do, we, how do we even define rich? It, you know, I'll, I'll just say it. Just, I, I believe we're all rich. Uh, and by world standards, we're all rich. If we have a home, if, if we have... Uh, more than one outfit. <laughs> I mean, if, if I could actually go home and change my clothes, and, and if I could have more than one meal a day, 
man, according to the rest of the world, we're really wealthy. We really are wealthy. So part of that, I would encourage you to say, we have reasons to give praise to God. We have reasons to be thankful to him. I mean, it's coming up. And remember that that one day a year, make sure that you're being thankful to God. That one day a year, make sure you're thankful to God. I, you, could, you could say, no, Ronnie, it should be every day. Correct me. No, man, it's not a holiday where we eat, and I'm thankful for that day. But man, you as a believer who knows God, who supplies the days that you have, who supplies uh, the food, whatever, uh, that we need for life, man, we ought to be people with a thankful heart and a praising heart before God every day. Am I right? All right, thank you. I, I wanted some kind of response. That was good. <laughs> I want to make sure you're with me and agree with me because I believe that's true every day we wake up, even in the midst of difficulties, even in the midst of difficulties and troubles, definitely. Here's the problem, and I believe this is a warning to us, that God has less attention from those who have wealth. God, God has, has less the attention of those who have their needs supplied and, and everything else who come to, what, why do I need to, to thank God for my food? Why, you know, why should I thank him, you know, in the daytime, you know? Well, because I've got it all taken care of. It's in my bank account. And I've got a grocery store and I walk in the grocery store, it's full of food. I, I, it's always accessible. Man, the attitude that we ought to have is that God is the one who supplies. And the one who is able to be thankful to God is the one who's going to absolutely understand what contentment is about. I'm dependent upon God, not upon my bucks. And the question for us is just this. What, are, are we paying attention to God? Is he our focus? Matter of fact, let me ask you, is, is he our wealth? Is he our wealth? I know joyful people who absolutely realize that God is my wealth. You know, man, I, I, I might be struggling in, in this that way, but man, as long as God is my God, there's joy in my heart because he supplies my needs. He covers everything. That, that actually brings me to this final, and I, and I will say the wisest look. Here it is. The wisest look is true riches for this life are found in Jesus. True riches for your life are found in God's provision for salvation and for a right relationship with Him. That is our riches. He is our riches. Because, you know, at the end of life, guess what? There's life to come. Matter of fact, I should, I should go back. I, I want to finish up the rest of the time. I, I go along with what Paul was saying. You know, he's in agreement with, with Solomon and it was what he's saying in Ecclesiastes. Uh, matter of fact, verse 10, let me reread that. It says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith. Can you imagine that? I'm going to give up these riches for these riches. Oh, yeah, that's going to, that's going to be satisfying. No. Some are giving up faith and pierce themselves with many griefs. Paul had more to say. In verse 11, he says, But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue, you, 
pursue the true riches, pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, faith, pursue love, endurance, and gentleness. Oh man, put that in your bank account. Fill that up. That, that is riches. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. What's that good confession? That, that good confession is absolutely a declaring of the gospel that has come. The sending of Jesus into this world as, as that one and only gift from God that brings us to a place of salvation. That atonement through Jesus' blood that is our confession. Man, if we're to say, who am I? I am a child of God, but only through the grace of Jesus Christ. That's my confession. That's my wealth. That's my wealth. That's where I want to put my investing in, the, in, in all those good characteristics that's mentioned. He further has more to say that, that listen carefully. I'm not going to, to go through all these things. But okay, then, then how do we live? Okay, if, if it's not in the pursuit of, of, of the riches and the wealth of the world or even for wisdom or anything else that Solomon says, man, it's not worth it. What makes it worth it? Listen to what he says. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth. Which is, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, which richly provides you with, with us with everything for our enjoyment. I, I don't want you to think that, man, just go around gloomy and, and everything every day. No, he says, for those things in life that he gives for our enjoyment, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds. And to be generous. And to be generous. And willing to share. <laughs> oh man. If, let, let's just face it. True joy, absolute joy comes in, in the fact that I am his child. That, that I belong to him. And, and, and this world, oh, whether troubles or through poverty or whatever we go through, or even in the riches that we have, there is nothing better than the relationship we have with God. And if God has blessed us with riches, and I think he has, if he's blessed us with riches, then, then, then the, the, the encouragement from Paul is to be a giver, is to be generous. I'm, ta I'm not talking about offering today. Please, I'm not talking about offering. Uh, offering... Uh, is doing well. We appreciate that, man. And that's giving kingdom work and things like that. What I'm talking about is, man, every day, where do you see a need? Are you ready to step forward when, when, when someone maybe at, at work or even someone on the street is in need and, and you have conversation with them? Are you willing just to, to, to find that place to, to give? Maybe it's in places like the, uh, it used to be called, I think it's Fresh Start now instead of the Open Door. Fresh Start now, the homeless shelter. And, and also, what's that? The new Beginnings. New Beginnings? Yeah. I, I think it's Fresh Start. Yeah, it's Fresh Start. It's Fresh Start. Sorry. Yeah, don't correct me when I'm up here. No. 
You might be, no, no. Anyway, uh, man, there's no greater joy than how richly, you get get this, how richly he's given to us. Beyond anything we can imagine, he's given to us. Guess what he wants out of us? To richly learn how it is to give to others. How to supply need for those. They might come into our lives just for the sake that we could share that gift of God within our hearts to be able to give. Oh, man. A heart that is gripping and saying, it's mine, mine, I'm going to gain more and more and more. Oh, man, that's no life. True life in God is, man, whatever I have, wherever it could go, wherever it could help, uh, out of my abundance, I want to be like God in that and, and to be honoring of him by giving to those in need. Amen? Isn't that right? All right. All right. That's where satisfaction is. That's where meaning is. It's absolutely found in that life in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you. We thank you for every day that you give to us. Lord, we praise you for uh, your scripture. And just like Solomon, we're looking at life and and, and we've all had this journey, and some are right in the midst of the journey and, and saying, what is bringing meaning to life? And, and Lord, open our eyes. Help us to know your word. Lord, help us to read it, to see your story. Father, your kingdom, your righteousness is, is worth our greatest pursuit. We praise you for your word. We praise you, for Lord, for Jesus. That brings us to this place of, of uh, being called your children. And we praise you for that. God, guide us in this life. Strengthen us in every day. Strengthen and sharpen our focus in how we live every day. Help us, Lord, to be content with what we have. And, Lord, with the abundance of of those things, may we be generous. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right.